Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin, and today, filling in for Laura is the fabulous Tamara Davis. Hello. Hi, Tam. Hi. Welcome to The Spill. This is your first time hosting, right? Yes, it is. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. But you are not a stranger to Mamma Mia podcasts. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I'm the co-host of Mamma Mia's podcast for your wardrobe, which is called What Are You Wearing? So every week on the show, I'm joined by a stylist and activist called Denny Todorovic. You might know them. And their show is basically all about fashion and feeling good. So we bring you lots of style tips, advice, and we unpack all the most noteworthy celebrity fashion. So if you're into that sort of stuff, definitely join us on the show. Totally. I listen religiously. I am not a fashionable person. Most of the time, like 90% of the time when we record the spell, I am wearing active wear. So today, today you wore a blazer. Today though. I am channeling my inner Tam. I'm wearing like a neutral coloured oversized blazer. I thought you would be proud of me. I am so proud. You look really cool. Thank you. I tried. This was a lot of effort. Trust me. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. So you can find what are you wearing here in your favourite podcast app. But today on the spill, we are going to be deep diving into the latest headlines out of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial. I'm sure you have seen the news involving Kate Moss. So we're going to dive deep into that. But first the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, I am calling it. We are officially entering Austin Butler season. Yay! Very important. So Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic has officially debuted at the Cannes Film Festival bringing the most A-list of red carpet so far and garnering a 12-minute standing ovation from the crowd. That actually makes me very anxious because 12 minutes is a long time and what are you meant to do in that time? Just like stand awkwardly. (laughs) Makes me extremely uncomfortable. Anyway, so the film star, Austin Butler, walked the red carpet with Priscilla Presley. No biggie. No biggie. She actually flew into France in support of the role in the movie. So mark my words, this man is about to be everywhere. It's actually quite a glow up considering he's kind of best known before this for his roles in The Carrie Diaries and Zoe 101. And like dating Vanessa Hudgens for a long time. absolutely. So this is his moment. According to reporters on the ground, Butler is still speaking with a bit of an Elvis drawl. (laughs) That would be hard to break, I would imagine. Very much um, an Oscar-baiting move, I think, and it's noticeably different because he is from California. So big change up there. The principal photography for Elvis took place in Queensland and many of the stars, including Butler and Tom Hanks, will return down under for its Australian premiere on the Gold Coast on June 4th. 
followed by a very special premiere at Vivid Sydney the following day. So they're all coming down under. Hopefully we get a glimpse. I would love to see an Austin Butler in the wild. Oh not going to lie. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully he wears some cool, like, Elvis sort mm. of outfits, a bit of, you know, Elvis-inspired fashion. I'd love yes. to see that trending, some big buckles. Some, sorry, I can't help but talk about fashion. <laughs> I'm, like, taking over your show. That. I love it. <laughs> so, anyway, Elvis hits theatres on June 23rd. I'm so excited for this movie. I know. Me too. <laughs> Many of us know the saga of the so-called runaway princess, Charlene, Princess of Monaco. But if you're not aware, Charlene is the South African former swimmer married to Prince Albert of Monaco. And ever since their wedding in 2011, which she allegedly tried to flee and was pictured crying, probably not happy tears as she walked down the aisle, their relationship has been, let's just say, fraught. Chelsea, I know you know a lot about this because you've written about it for Mamma Mia many, many times. Yes. Um, There have long been rumours that Charlene has been unhappy in the marriage and that she's been struggling with her mental health. This has a lot to do with her husband's Playboy Prince reputation. Mm -hmm. It's been a few loved children that he's fathered. Look, like I said, it's quite a saga. Lots to unpack here. So Charlene spent six months in South Africa last year for what was meant to be a 10-day visit due to complications from an ear, nose and throat issue. She then transferred to a clinic in Switzerland to be treated for exhaustion. So that's a lot of time away from her young family. So she has two children with the Prince twins, Gabriella and Jacques. And until now, the family and Charlene herself have denied any issues, but she's back to her royal duties in Monaco and she's actually given an interview for the first time shedding a bit more light on her health. So the princess told the publication Monaco Matan, she said, my state of health is still fragile and I don't want to go too fast. She went on to say, the road has been long, difficult and so painful. Today I feel calmer. So Chels, for me, this brings up another famous royal who's opened up about her mental health and that's Meghan Markle. I couldn't help but make this connection. So after giving birth to Archie in 2019, she told a reporter about the pressure that she felt and the struggle. And she basically said, I'm not okay. And this made me think about what that taught us, you know, that we really need to listen. So do you think Charlene is finally opening up and sending a message, Chels? Or do you think this is just more of the same kind of shred? what she's been through and kind of saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I feel like it's kind of both. Yeah. Like here in Australia, we obviously are more inclined to hear about the British royals, who I'm famously not huge fans of. Mm. Anyway, Charlene and Albert are fascinating Mm. to me because it almost feels in my mind like a story from another time. So obviously we've come a long way in how we speak about and understand mental health. Obviously there's ways we could still improve, but generally... And I feel like the level of secrecy and like there's a lot of conspiracy theories around yeah. Charlene. And to me, it feels very like Lady Di era British royal family. And I feel like the British royals have broadly made attempts to move past that. Obviously, Megan, Harry's, you know, spoken about his mental health too. Even Wills and Kate have been a little bit more open. It's more progressive totally. than it used to be, yeah. Exactly. And so in contrast, the Monaco royal family still feels very shut off and mysterious. And, like, there's been decades and decades of speculation about, like, the sad princess. And there's, like, a mythology Mm. around her as a sad princess. And so I feel even though this isn't necessarily giving us too much information, she's still, you know, keeping her cards pretty close to her chest. It does feel like a big step. Do you think it's a cry for help? I feel like her entire 10 years or so 
has been a cry for help. I mean, she famously tried to flee the wedding three, three times, times and she was like stopped at the border, right? And they um, convinced her, you know, Albert's people or the palace's people convinced her to walk down the aisle, which is really very sad. And like you said, she's been shrouded in mystery ever since and kind of kept at bay. And she's gone on in this interview to call Albert her protector, which to me is mm. such an interesting term to use because it sort of implies on one hand he's protecting me but also it has a sort of an element of control. Yeah, that's Mm. so true. What's fascinating is she spent most of 2021 away from her family and that obviously within Monaco, you know, created a lot of friction there. The people, the public, were like really anti her for that decision, which we assume is a health issue. That's what we've been told. Yes. And it's been quite interesting to watch the progression of their... So they had a wedding anniversary, a big one during that time. I believe it was maybe 10, 10 years. years. And she posted like this very strange, I'm going to say strange post on social media about it. And that also just fed into conspiracies. Mm. So I think, I mean, I don't want to make a judgment call on someone else's relationship, but there is some pretty solid evidence here that she's not happy and she right. hasn't been for a while. Right. So in this piece, she also addressed the marriage rumours, which is ballsy. She said, you want to talk about rumours of divorce and my new home in Switzerland. So she addressed it head on. She said, like everyone else, we are human beings. And like all human beings, we have emotions, weaknesses. Only our family is exposed to the media and the slightest weakness is relayed. So she's recognising that they are in the public eye and she's taking the media to task. And I think that's something that we've seen Megan do and we've seen Mm -hmm. Catherine do. So she's almost putting herself for the first time, I think, at that level. And perhaps this means that we'll start to see Charlene do that more. And I personally welcome that because she's been this sort of silent, perceived to be suffering princess for all of this time. So let's hope that we see more of Charlene speaking openly about what she's going through. I agree. And I feel like in the past, it's been explained away as, you know, homesickness or that she's just sort of broadly going through a hard time in her life. And so to have words put around how she's feeling does feel like a major step. Definitely. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. After six weeks, we are just two days away from the end of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial. It has felt like an age, but we are nearly there. If you're thinking, God, this has dragged on, you're right, because it was supposed to end last week and it was extended because there is more evidence to be heard. Mm. So earlier this week on The Spill, we mentioned that Kate Moss, who dated Johnny Depp for four years in the 90s, has been called to testify. And that is what happened today with Moss appearing via video link from England. So just a warning, we are going to be talking about specific allegations of domestic violence today. So if you would prefer not to hear those, then please look after yourself. Maybe give the segment a skip today. Now, the reason Moss became involved in the case is because Amber Heard referenced her in her own testimony in which she claimed to have punched Johnny Depp to stop him from pushing her sister down the stairs. 
Heard said in that moment she instantly thought of, quote, Kate Moss and the stairs. So at the time when she said that, Depp's legal team visibly celebrated with like a fist pump at the mention of Moss because this opened the door for her to be called as a witness. So Moss's statement was actually very concise. She only appeared on screen for about three minutes in total before she was allowed to go. And in it, she basically completely refuted the incident in which Heard referred. Ms. Moss, did there come a time when you, uh, while you and Mr. Depp were a couple, that the two of you took a vacation together to the Golden Eye Resort in Jamaica? Yes. What, if anything, happened when you were in Jamaica with Mr. Depp? I, um, we were leaving the room and Johnny left the room before I did and there had been a rainstorm and as I left the room, I slid down the stairs and I hurt my back. How did you... And... I apologize, Miss Moss, please continue. And I screamed because I was in, because uh, I didn't know what had happened to me and I was in pain. And um, he came running back to help me and carried me to my room and got me medical attention. Did Mr. Depp push you in any way down the stairs? No. Uh, during the course of your relationship, did he ever push you down any stairs? No, he never pushed me, kicked me or through me, down any So obviously that is a very clear statement. She was very to the point. Mm. Naturally, this has been celebrated hugely on social media because for weeks now people have been looking forward to Kate Moss testifying. There's sort of an aura around her like as a saviour of Johnny Depp in a way. The Justice for Johnny Depp campaign's just like having the time of their life with this, which is very gross. Twitter is more of a trash fire than usual. I even saw a few headlines from some mainstream sort of media sites that were editorialising it in a way, basically like Moss blows up Heard's entire defence in just a few minutes, which, you know, I want to talk about that. I've got more to say about that in a second. But Tam, I want to explore why Kate Moss holds so much weight for Mm. Depp fans. And I think it comes back to this their status as like a 90s iconic couple. Yeah, absolutely. They're one of the most revered couples of all time. You know, for four years, they really captivated the media and the public and they still do. Mm. You know, he was the heartthrob. She was the supermodel from the Calvin Klein ads, these two famous 90s pinups. And there are still images of them together that get circulated on Instagram and referenced really widely. I'm sure they come to mind for you. There's that one of them on the bed together. Mm -hmm with him sort of, uh, you know, his head resting on her midsection. So there's that nostalgic interest in them. And Kate Moss speaking in this trial is a big moment because she's famously made a career out of being seen and not Mm. heard. There's even, you know, a quote from Mossy saying, people don't hear me talk, they don't expect me to. So I think hearing her speak is such a big deal. You know, as a fashion writer and magazine person going way back, I think on one hand I could list the amount of times I've even heard her speak. So it's such a big deal to hear Mm. her. And, you know, you can barely even sort of imagine what her voice even sounds like. So it's a big deal. I have to admit, I I was not expecting her to sound like that. No, no. Her voice is quite soft and meek. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. For weeks now, like I said, Depp supporters have been using her 
as like a savior, you know, really holding her up as like this hero who's going to come in and, you know, save the day, basically. I tried to find the origins of this staircase rumour and I actually found it surprisingly difficult. It's not something that I think has had a very long life. It's not something that's kind of stuck around in whispers from the 90s, as far as I could tell. The first mention I found of the alleged incident was in 2020, which to me feels quite late in the piece considering it was supposed to have happened in the 90s. So that's kind of an interesting thing. And I have to say, I think we have to admit that this is, you know, a pretty big win for the Depp case. It yeah. really played out how they were hoping it would. So I think it pays to keep in mind that this isn't actually the only allegation of violence that Heard has made. So I think calls that it's, you know, ruined her entire testimony is going a bit far. There are many other allegations, including allegations of a sexual assault that she told in very vivid, disturbing detail. And those are not in any way tied to the Moss testimony. So it's important to keep in mind that Moss hasn't disproven everything that Heard has said like many online are claiming. I also think it's interesting that Depp's team tried a question on with Moss before Heard's team objected. They asked if she'd ever testified in a court case to which Mm. she said no and then asked her why she chose to testify in this one. What they were probably getting at was that she wanted to defend him, so they wanted Moss to be like a character witness Mm. for Depp before Heard's team quickly shut that down. The fact that they dated, they thought they might get some sort of notion from from Kate Moss that he was a great guy or something like that and getting that on record so that the jury could then attach to that. Um, Wouldn't that look great for them? So... That is such a good point. Yeah, you're right. There was also, obviously this has made the most headlines for obvious reasons, but there have been other things come out of the case today that include text messages between Depp and his former manager where he used some pretty horrifically sexist language. I'm not going to repeat it. And he also spoke about wanting to slice off Elon Musk's penis. Oh my gosh. So that's a thing. This entire case is just so, so complicated. So Depp also has retaken to the stand today and once all of the evidence has been heard, his lawyers and Heard's lawyers will make their closing statements before the jury go off to consider their ruling. Well, thank you for listening to The Spill today and thank you to the lovely Tam for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. This episode of The Spill was produced by Gia Moylan with audio production by Madeline Joannou. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. See ya. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia, the only women's media company in Australia. If you want to support women's media, we'd love it if you became a Mamma Mia subscriber. There's a link in the show notes.